You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Locked on ACC. A lot of good things to talk about on today's show. I'm sure if you keep a little bit of a buzz around Twitter, you saw that Coach Krzyzewski from Duke University, the men's head basketball coach, he is deciding to retire after the season. So it's going to be a full episode of talking about that from what that means for the university, then what does it mean for other schools around the ACC? But more importantly, all right, the successors are here and they are named when it comes to this blue blood rivalry so what will that all kind of go through in the conversations or maybe there's some new kids on the block ready to be the top dogs when it comes to that conference basketball play I've got Tyler joining me on today's show I'm sure he has thoughts and feelings that we're going to get out there Tyler how has your week been before now was there kind of smooth and then boom this announcement like this or was it pretty pretty good all the way around I think you summed it up perfectly. I think for any ACC fan, uh, this is awesome news that the, the evil empire looks like it's finally <laughs> going to go down. It seems like I know you as a Carolina fan are, are I'm certain happy about it. Me as a Syracuse fan, we're pretty jazzed up about it too. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, when you look at it from what it means from an ACC standpoint, it's you lose a little bit of luster, don't you? Because now you look at the figureheads, at least from a coaching standpoint in college basketball. Obviously, there's Jay Wright at Villanova, Tom Izzo at Michigan State, Bill Self in in Kansas, and Jim Beheim, and I guess you could throw Tony Bennett and, and Leonard Hamilton's names as like the icons of mm-hmm. college basketball right now. The list is thinning out and we're starting to see a big changing of the guard across the nation now with the first two dominoes falling in coach K and coach uh coach K and uh coach Williams yeah. and I, I totally forgot uh coach Calpari's name as well so it feels like we're slimming down to one figurehead per conference now Absolutely. As we reported, Mike Krzyzewski, who is the winningest coach in Division One men's basketball history, he led the Blue Devils to five national championships in his 41 seasons, is going to retire after the 2021-2022 season. Got a Woj bomb dropped on that. And then, you know, the fact that he's just been a staple to basketball, college basketball. Everyone knows Coach K. Everyone knows the great Duke, you know, how he's kind of brought, he brought Duke to more great and all of that good stuff. There is no college basketball without mentioning Coach K. And it's not even just college basketball, right? His Olympic uh, feats and him being able to work with guys like LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kobe Bryant, all the like, you know, the superstars of the world. It's, I can't believe basketball will be without Coach K. That's just, I, I can't even put my head around that. Like I cried during Locked on Tar Heels. I'm not even going to hold y'all. I did. Because I was like, Roy just means nostalgia. And it's just, it brings me back to all the feelings of watching games in person and to <laughs> now see coach K kind of doing it. It's like, Oh, it's really real that things are changing. (laughs) Like this is not a game any longer. Right. And that's why I almost had to do a double take when I saw it. Cause (laughs) it doesn't feel real and it doesn't feel like it's built up. And maybe it's the fact that he's not retiring today. He's retiring in a, it's a scheduled retirement for the end of the season, which is going to make this upcoming 
season extremely interesting with John Shire, but I, I'm, I think that's part of it too, is the fact that he does get to go on this little farewell tour, which yes. of course he's throwing himself a little retirement tour here. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the guy who throws their own birthday party? That's what yeah. I, I'm seeing out of this right here. Listen, I totally agree with that because Roy Williams is just in the season. I'm retiring. No, it's Andrew Buzz. We don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to take another year to let you all like lull and give me all my flowers. I personally would have loved a Roy Williams retirement season, but I know that's just not who he is. I've been arguing with people on Twitter all day about it. Coach K, on the other hand, I can definitely see this. I can see all the enshrinements, all of the montage videos coming this season. Thank you, Coach K. But I think it'll be really weird, especially for teams who've always been beaten by Duke. Maybe not. Like, how do we put those video packages together like thank you coach for never giving us a team win you know I, I don't know how that's gonna work like I, I think back to the the Derek Jeter right and, mm-hmm. and he went and he went to all these different stadiums and some people would give him like a, a two from the scoreboard or a home plate or something like that from all these different stadiums like what what is NC State going to give Coach K, a giant, like inflatable <laughs> middle finger. Like that's what they're going to give Coach K. Yeah. I, I, it, you can't do the retirement tour in a conference when you've been the villain for the greater yeah. part of about 40 years now. Absolutely. And are you feeling like relieved or my initial thoughts were like, uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of knew it was coming. And I didn't think it was going to come right now as he's going to spend another year, but I definitely knew it was coming only because of the way college basketball is shifting. And he's been very vocal about it, but I also think he's very vocal about the fact that the NCAA does not have their ish together. And I think as much as people want to be like, oh, well, he's not changing with the times. I think it's more so, yeah, your system is not changing with the times as well. And he's not really trying to deal with the foolishness. Well, a big part of it, too, and and why I find it interesting is he's always been one of the guys at the forefront that's pushed for these changes in college Mm -hmm. basketball with name, image, likeness and all this other stuff that we're going to see take over the sport. Now, I think the transfer portal is one that no coach loves, and I would imagine Coach K is a part of that as well. So. I think there's a number of factors that went into this. First of all, I mean, this is something that wore on 350 plus head coaches in college basketball. And the fact that you're coming off a pandemic, I mean, that is not an easy thing, especially when you're in your seventies to navigate. And sometimes like he's obviously made his money. He's got his legacy, all that good stuff. He can retire now, go, go to the beach, go play golf for the rest of his life. And that's one of those things where he probably took a step back after this season. And I'm sure not making the tournament gave him a little bit of extra time to contemplate all this stuff, but he probably thought to himself, all right, like this is, this is it. Like I, I see the writing on the wall. I don't know if I can do this anymore or if I want to do this anymore, this might be the perfect time to sort of call it quits. And, you know, when you are the head of the class, you have the most wins in Division One men's basketball history, sitting at 1,170. The next person to you is Jim Beheim with 982. You pretty much put yourself, set yourself apart from the rest of the group. So it's not like I have to keep coaching, trying to keep, you know, extending that lead that obviously he'll do this season. But at the same time, it's not as much pressure like, oh, man, he might pass me this year if I don't stay and all that. Good stuff. I feel like that's a part of it, as well as let's take the fact that, as you mentioned, Coach K is one of those who's definitely been vocal 
vocal about it and not only been vocal, but has actually adjusted to the times. He's the one that when we started with the diaper dandies, the one and dunners, he started to, you mm-hmm. know, get those guys. He's the one who told Zion, why are you staying here another year? If you don't go make some money and go do what you got to do. Right. I think he's been very vocal about athletes kind of advocating for themselves and pushing for that and very much vocal about the Black Lives Matter and all of that kind of stuff. So you've seen Coach K kind of shift and be more adaptable and list like things that he set the tone for what a lot of coaches, I think, hopefully will get to. But, you know, switching gears just for a second before we go and talk about, you know, the coaches that come after. Let's talk about this, his team and the season, all the pressure that will be on these kids. If you don't give Coach K a couple of signature wins this season, oh, that's going to be tough for the, I mean, one, you got to make a tournament. Two, you got to be a, you got to be Carolina, the final game of the season at Cameron. Like you can't show your face. (laughs) All the text messages from the alumni (laughs) that they'll probably receive, all the brotherhood chat is probably going to go through. Like you better, if if there's no game you win all year, it's got to be that one. Right. And really, I mean, it has to be a a final four. You have to get K to the final four. And and it's a shame it couldn't happen on the Carolina side because that's the way you'd want to see a guy like Roy go out. But again, like you said, the the brotherhood group chat is bumping because (laughs) there's a lot of pressure on these kids and and they've got a talented incoming class. But all of a sudden, everything's been ratcheted up now because this is the the quote unquote, the last dance here because it's all over after this and you don't want to soil what, what will be the final season of a historic and legendary career. Listen, it's hilarious that you say last dance. Cause I feel like that graphic of coach K last dance of the bulls and the whole documentary. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. coming. Somebody's going to make that graphic. So, you know, shout out to that person. You know, you heard it here first. A lock on ACC. Tip the edits. Get on that. <laughs> there it is. Now, before we shift gears, I want to talk to Tyler, of course, about, you know, Bayheim, who is next behind coach K with wins. And maybe is he on the retirement watch? We've talked about it before, but we'd love his thoughts with this new stuff out. But first I want to remind you guys at rockauto.com and the family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com right now and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your car or vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliability low prices all the parts your car will ever need also want you guys to really th- think about the fact that the odds are forever in your favor if you're trying to figure out who's going to win acc basketball this season and you've got to do it with the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports and that's betonline.ag this week especially has a ton of sports action we've got the nba playoffs in full swing we've got a lot of people trying to pick where these recruits are going to land so get your bets in right now all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs is at betonline.ag so before the next pitch head over to betonline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore it is your chance to get in on the action betonline your online sportsbook experts 
Now, on today's show, we are talking about Coach K, the winningest basketball coach for the men's side in the history of all college basketball. He has done it. He has met the mark. He is that guy. But right behind him is Coach Jim Beheim from Syracuse, and we have our Locked On Syracuse host here. So it would be, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that Jim might be on the watch as well. I know Buddy is still doing his thing, right? But at the same time, we all know that clearly nobody can do this forever. So I want to know from you, Tyler, your thoughts around one seeing Coach K. Are you feeling a little anxiety? Like maybe Jim might be right behind. And if so, are you happy about that? Or like it might be time for some change? Or are you kind of like, listen, I just want to live in the moment. <laughs> I want to enjoy who I got and all that good stuff. <laughs> well, the sweet, sweet, sweet 16 runs aren't that bad. So. Yeah, there you but go. But no, I, it, so it's interesting because heading into this year, there was a lot of people that were saying, oh, this could be it. Like the timeline all sort of works out and Buddy's going to be in what probably will be his final season. And then he's teaming up with his brother. So it's just kind of that Disney ending for you yeah. because it's the, the entire family's all together for one last hurrah. But Jim has been very vocal in the past that he doesn't really see an end in sight. And he, there is no quote unquote expiration date. He kind of is ready. And part of it too is he's one of those guys, like I can see Coach K just sort of going off, relaxing, doing whatever. Jim Beheim is wired a little differently, I think. <laughs> he's one of those guys who I literally think will coach until his death. Because it's just gotten to that point where th there was a, an instance a couple years ago where he had to serve a suspension. Mm -hmm. And Mike Hopkins was the uh, was the assistant coach at the time. He assumed the head coaching role. And ESPN went to Bayheim's house to watch a game with him. And it's just like he felt so it seemed like he was so out of his element, not being able to coach his team and his program. And that's part of why I don't think that this is going to necessarily line up that way. I still think Jim Beheim might go for three, four more years. It wouldn't shock me if he did, because it's one of those things where it's all he really knows. And mm -hmm. I don't think he, in his eyes, he probably doesn't think he's got anything better to do. Yeah. We had Jeff Goodman on our show mm -hmm. last week, and he was talking about how he thinks that this could be the lineup. He thinks that the, the schedules all sort of work out where this could be his final season, but I don't know. I think it's one of those things where he's going to evaluate what this season is like between the transfers and name image likeness. If he's fine with it, then he's going to keep on chugging. But if he's not, then yeah, I could see maybe he'll call it quits. Yeah. So two things there. So first, I definitely think someone who uh, I, whose identity is only in their sport, I feel for them because, man, it's going to be a hard adjustment, whether you're 25 or whether you're 95. If that's all you know, it's going to be right. a tough time to kind of make that transition. And then, you know, I would hate for him to be in a position where he's just a, a sitting face. Like he just, you know, he's a body, but he doesn't coach. He doesn't like, you know, tell guys what to do. He's pretty much just old and kind of like the Petrino days where it's like, you know, he's there but how much coaching is he really doing right he's right. on every now and again and you know you saw that with coach Williams I think he personally acknowledged the fact that he was saying you know I started to forget some things I started to forget some names and I was taking a lot of blame on myself for some plays and I think he was extremely hard on himself in his press conference when he was talking about his retirement but you know I definitely can understand coaches not wanting to you know leave because they literally physically cannot or they mentally cannot they don't understand things they're not abreast to what's 
what's going on. So I, I always say like before that time hits, you know, maybe we should call it. I don't think Jim's there by any means, but I definitely can understand that Coach K as well. I mean, he's battled through some injuries, back injuries, and had to take half a season, come back because his team was getting their butt whooped, you know, when they <laughs> when they had uh, Coach right. Cable, you know, taking over for a bit. So I definitely say like the older you get, we all know, standing on that hardwood floor for a couple hours at a time, like it's going to take its toll on anybody. So I think it's interesting how the timetable works out. But I will say, I think Coach Hamilton from Florida State may retire before Bayheim. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Yeah, because he does not, what is he, like 72 years old, mm-hmm. does not look at one bit. And right. that that's part of it is, and really the thing with Hamilton is, I think that even though college basketball is changing, I think he's going to run his program the same way. And I think he's going to find success with it too. He's one of those guys who he's, he's consistent, but he's not stubborn. I I think Jim Beheim is consistent, but there's also a stubbornness to him too. With Hamilton, he's run his program the same way for years, but it's always been the quote unquote right way. It it gives off major Carolina vibes in the Mm -hmm. way that he runs his program where it's a lot of guys that are going to stay four years and graduate. And it, mm-hmm. of course you're going to have a, a sprinkling of one and done guys, but they're, if they're one and done, they're going in the first round, probably going in the lottery too, if yeah. they are those type of guys. So I, I'm with you though. I think that Leonard Hamilton would be the next to go out of the ACC, but that's more because I can see him sort of enjoying the retirement lifestyle a little more mm-hmm. than I can see Bayheim enjoying the retirement lifestyle. Absolutely. I could definitely see him as an analyst. And I think, you know, the 2020 season is always one where I feel like Florida State was probably going to win the whole thing. And after a while, you know, I think for anybody, you probably have had your guys, you've had the squad, Scotty Barnes gone ahead and gone to the league and stuff like that. And I think this year there was an opportunity for Florida State to be in it as well. And so how many years is he going to be the guy that almost was there, almost had it? And so let's say he does get it in the next two to three. I could definitely see him trying to be a guy who goes out on top because why not? What else do you have to play for, in my opinion? Right. No, it's one of those things where if Florida State were to go to a final four, that's it. Like you yeah. say, I'm going to Disney world and you get the hell out of there. <laughs> like that, that is your mic drop for everything that I think yeah. that would be the way to go out. If you're Leonard Hamilton, because, okay, yeah, it'd be nice to get a national championship, but that's so difficult to accomplish. Like right. if you want to go out on a national championship in, in college sports, that's next to impossible to do. Yeah. Not everyone can have that Peyton Manning type moment. Right. And man, Manning, he could like, it's a lot easier to do it in the NFL. And I'm not saying winning a championship's easy, but when you're competing against 31 other, other teams, as opposed to 350 something other teams in a single elimination format, it, it's tough. So if he can get to that final four and get that piano off his back, mm-hmm. that would be the, the way for him to go out. And I, I, again, the way that he's led the program the last couple of years, there's no reason to think that he can't bring a team to the final four in the next year or two no doubt and so we have a who might be going we have the watch there and of course we're saying that Beheim is probably going to be around Hamilton might be gone but I think all the pressure while quiet as it's kept all the pressure from a coaching standpoint is now on coach Kevin Keats at NC State because at first you had you know coach Williams retiring all right so all eyes on Duke and trying to take down that machine now you got coach K saying he's going to retire as well all right you know you've you, you sliced the head on both beasts what you got for 
Taurus, the tra- especially when we talk about triangle basketball. So I think if it's anybody who should be feeling shaken in their boots, maybe the, they should consider going to a different conference or trying to go somewhere retirement, even though he's way too young for that. But still, it's Coach Keats. He absolutely has all the pressure this year. And it's unfortunate, but they, that's life. Right. And again, you mentioned how much it means the triangle because you're kind of catching these two programs once Coach K retires. Mm-hmm. You're going to catch these two programs where from an alert status in terms of the figurehead, it's not what it used to be. Obviously you don't have two hall of famers that you're battling with. And yep. I think those NC state fans, if, if they don't have success in that first year where it, it's kind of up for grabs mm-hmm. of who is the king of the triangle, if you don't have success right away, those Peck fans are going to get unruly. Like yeah. if you check out those message boards and all that, that <laughs> stuff, they're going to really start to lose their minds if they're not the kings of the castle. And if Kevin Keats is still there, because if he is still there and he's not having success, he's not going to be there much longer. I, 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 I struggle to grasp how much longer he is going to be there because mm-hmm. when you look at, and again, they have the whole little brother complex in the triangle because they're not Duke and they're not Carolina. Yeah. Uh, but how? what is the shelf life there? Because mm-hmm. if you are Kevin Keats, the pressure's on now because all of a sudden everything's up for grabs, it feels like, in the ACC. I 100% agree with you. And so we have, you know, who is leaving, who might stay, but more importantly, what is now? And that is Coach John Shire, who was Coach K's assistant for seven years, taking the throne. I want to talk about what kind of pressure he'll have going into season 2022 to 2023. But first, all of you guys know that if you have not yet got on your fitness journey, there's still time, okay? Absolutely still time to get right for the summer. I've been looking for great treats, so I wanted to recommend a few myself leaning on built bar it's the best tasting protein bar ever it's got 18 amazing flavors that are 100 covered in chocolate built bar is really delicious if you're a health conscious person like me you'll enjoy built bar because it's low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and great for the keto diet go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on you'll get 20 percent off your next order So wrapping up today's show, we know Coach K is retiring after 41 seasons, five national championships, and man, oh man, we've got a guy who's not only experienced a national championship as a player, but also as a coach, John Shire, who is going to take over for Coach K once he just, once he officially retires after next season. And if there was ever any pressure to kind of just be the man, I think, how do you, re- you don't replace a Coach K. Like Hubert Davis said when he was talking about Roy Williams, you don't replace a Coach Roy Williams. There's just no chance so how can he be himself what are your thoughts on him taking over do you feel like it was a shoe-in obviously go-to they didn't even give it a time where they were like oh we're going to do a search committee keep within the brotherhood blah 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 it was like nope (laughs) we already know who we got our guy and we're good to go yeah for all intents and purposes it seems like k handpicked this one there was no search committee it was a committee of one and it was coach k and it makes sense and i think we're going to see the same thing with Jim Beheim when the successor conversation comes up again. And honestly, even though it, it hasn't publicly been said that way, it kind of feels like that was the way it was with Roy Williams too. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the natural progression that you see. I think that happened with at Purdue, Gene Cady to, to Matt Painter as well. So I look at with John Shire, it seems like everyone who interacts with them 
loves the guy. And I've met him a handful of times. He is the nicest guy in the world. And listen, I, I come from someone who should hate John Shire. He went to my rival high school. He, I, I grew up a Carolina fan. So I hated Duke growing up. Like everything is working against him. And I've been swung by him. And mm. That's part of why I think he's been so good in recruiting. Like it makes a lot of sense that he would be the guy because a lot of these big time recruits that Duke has brought in in the past five or so years, they're Shire guys, whether it's Jason Tatum or Zion Williamson, they are Shire guys. And so I'm not expecting a huge drop off in recruiting in the post K era because John Shire has been the guy that's brought in a lot of these guys to this university. So yeah, I don't know what his X's and O's are like. I don't think a lot of people do really outside of the Duke family. They know. So it's going to be interesting to see how the X's and O's are going to translate once he is officially the head coach of this university. Right. So some highlights just to give you guys some career history. He was assistant from 2014 to 2018 as just an assistant at Duke. And then from 2018 to now, he was an associate head coach. So we all know that put two and two together, he was the coach in waiting. I had a little thoughts about maybe entertaining Nolan Smith, but after he was named assistant this year, maybe Coach K has known all along and he was just letting y'all <laughs> hit now, but maybe he's known kind of how the transition was going to go. But I think John is going to be a great guy. You know, sometimes that people argue that you have to go somewhere else, show that you can be a head coach somewhere else. But like you mentioned, having the recruiting nudge already and knowing what recruiting is like these days and knowing that you've had firsthand experience as a national champion, but also coaching a national championship team, I think that's definitely going to be a draw. And I don't think the recruits stop coming just because Coach K is not there. It's still Duke, right? It still has a level of excellence right. that people are expecting. So we won't see that big drop off the way you know some programs do. I don't think Carolina will have the same drop off only because they have kept it in the Carolina family and they're trying to do like the whole, listen, you got to have a national championship or you you have to at least breathe national championship culture. (laughs) And that's the only way you can be a coach. Right. So I think that's the only draw, but the recruiting game is definitely real out here. And you have to trust that these guys are going to have decent first seasons because if they don't, I would maybe look out. I don't know. As a recruit, I don't know. Like, do you look forward and say, okay, he is still, we can still make this work. Or did Coach Hay have this certain niche? Did Coach Roy have this certain niche that allows for excellence to be carried out? It's, it's kind of a conversation where you really going to do your homework. Do you play, do you give them time to kind of develop and grow as an, as a head coach? Because we all know those are, those are different things. They're different assignments, right. different things that are required of you. Right. And, and I just look at it from this standpoint is what is, the, the Duke model right now, the Duke model is, all right, you're going to come in for a year, maybe two, and then we're going to get you to the league. All right. And Shire has those relationships with those guys in the pros, whether it's Zion, whether it's Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, RJ Barrett, all those guys. And I think that's something that when you think about coach K, he always used those relationships with NBA stars to kind of sell his program to like, yeah. Hey, I was the team USA coach and all the trickle down of that. And I think that was probably a big reason why a guy like Kyrie Irving, even though he's not a staple in Duke college basketball history, that's why he probably ended up choosing Duke. So I think Shire still has those relationships with some of the top guys in the NBA. And I'm sure he's gotten to know a bunch of even the, the higher level of guys like the LeBrons and the, and the Anthony Davises and all those of the world. So because of who he is at Duke basketball, and that's why I'm interested to see how recruiting in the, for Carolina Duke and Syracuse mm-hmm. after their hall of famers leave, 
what is recruiting going to look like? Because I think Duke is going to have this chip because they're Duke University and they have this uh, like this amazing history to it. And John Shire is still very plugged into the league. You've got UNC, Hubert Davis, NBA guy, and it never hurts to have the jump man too, as one of your selling points as well. Mm-hmm. What's Syracuse going to have? Because at the end of the day, Jim Beheim pretty much is the university. And what's that drop-off going to be like when he comes? Because the next guy in line, who knows who it's going to be, but it's not anywhere near the, the pedigree in terms of the, the plugged into the NBA game, as I think Duke and Carolina are bringing in. Absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a good point. Speaking of brand name recognitions, we all know the blue blood rivalry is real, but the thought of Hubert Davis and John Shire being the head coaches, you know, during these matches is going to be so different. Is it going to have the same draw? Are you going to be as excited about these games as you once were, or does the universe or do the universities kind of make you have that appeal and approach where you're just like, I'm going to tune in because it is just who they are. I think it's still appealing because at the end of the day, yeah, Kay and Roy are, are great figures of the game, but you you do it to watch the players. And I, I still think they're going to get these top level players and, and whether it's the, the one and done type of guys or the four year type of guys, I still think there's going to be plenty of talent on tobacco road. Now I do think it is going to be interesting to watch this next season of Duke basketball, even though coach K is going to be the head coach what sort of added responsibilities and grooming process is John Shire going to have? Is, gonna, is he going to have a, a larger voice in the huddle? Is Kay going to let him quasi-coach some of these non-conference games or maybe even like a Wake Forest game or something like that? Is he going to have – what sort of leash is a guy like John Shire going to have as a coach knowing that he is next in line to take the saddle? I, I'm very intrigued to see how that all plays out. Maybe the brotherhood coach chat is going to be just as jumping, right? But (laughs) (laughs) I will say I'm going to miss, you know, Roy Williams ripping off his jacket, getting upset, throwing it around. I'm going to miss Coach K kind of getting those uh, refs in those refs' faces and having things go his way the second half. I'm going to miss those type of things, right? I'm going to miss Coach K, who apparently has very much a potty mouth when it comes to, you know, game time. So I'm going to miss those certain things, just the energy that they both bring and, you know, whether Coach K is going to shake somebody's hand or not shake somebody's hand, all those different things I definitely am gonna have to adjust to but again like you said John Shire is gonna be a nice guy but will he turn into a villain quickly I believe so I believe when he starts saying things at press conferences where I think it's gonna shake up things and I think Hubert Davis is also known for being very sweet so somebody someone's gotta give right we gotta figure out who's gonna be the new villain but I'm looking forward to having that conversation I think right right now coach Beheim's it because he's just older and you know he says what's on his mind but I think as these guys kind of get into their flow they'll figure out very quickly like you gotta also speak was on your mind but john shire is 34 years old leaving one of the top top universities in the country he's got the best job he's gonna have (laughs) the best college basketball job yeah and and that's a lot to ask out of a guy who's going to be 35 or so years old yeah you are going to be coaching the biggest brand in college basketball and that is a tall task for someone who has never been a head coach before yeah and i'm very intrigued at how all that's going to play out 
Yeah, that's why we say that. I'm sure <laughs> Coach K is going to be dropping him texts of wisdom or like pickup texts. Like, man, don't you know? Don't sit like this. Don't slouch like that. Make sure you tell these people what it is. We'll see. You know, we'll, we'll keep our yeah. fingers crossed that it'll be some spiciness coming out of Coach Shire. But man, oh man, what a great conversation that, of course, will continue in tomorrow as we have Drake on the show for a Freestyle Friday unit. And then let's just talk about the fact that you know things are changing. I'm going to ask him about Coach Hamilton and maybe he's on the retirement watch as well. So make sure you guys come back for that tyler can you remind these folks of where they can find you and follow your work yeah you can catch uh catch us on locked on syracuse monday through friday and you can also find us on twitter at lo underscore syracuse and myself at tyler aki underscore no doubt well i'm so glad i got to break this news with someone who clearly knows the game well he knows the ins and outs of everything and he got to give me the syracuse perspective which is always dope and if you guys want more of sporting news make sure you guys get locked on today podcast under 20 minutes host peter bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts tyler it's been a pleasure thank you so much for breaking all these things down it'll be an interesting college basketball year all the pressure seems to be on Duke, and that's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, let them let them wilt under the pressure. How about yeah, that? Huh? Let's go. send let's send K out with back to back no tournaments. How would that? <laughs> that be? would be lit in my eyes. See, that's why we need JJ up here. He's probably like, you know, he's gonna listen to this. Like, what are you guys talking about? Right? We'll have him on on Monday to kind of go. He over he, he stopped listening like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> no doubt, Tyler. Until next time, we want to thank you guys for joining us. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.